Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, it's Phil Daniels here, uh, the man who said that David Louise was the greatest player on this planet. I liked him before you. No, I'm not I'll introduced you yet or anything. That's Andy Saunders and <laughs> Gary Gabby Hayes here. Um, Gary Dave, Gobby Hayes. Uh, that, look, David Louise, you know, he is, he is brilliant. I told you he was brilliant and now you know he is brilliant. And here, welcome to the Chelsea podcast. Thank you. He is brilliant. There's no two ways about it. I mean, I think, you know, a lot of people had their doubts about him when he left, and we got £50 million for him. When, of course, £50 million was a lot of money. It's not a lot of money these days. You pay that for a, a middling centre-back now. But, Does that you know. mean we're going to buy Oscar back? What? And he's going to be a different, different thing. I would buy Oscar back just to see your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> just for the amusement value just, of, just of your reaction. The, just on the David Luiz stuff, I actually, um, when he came back, I wrote a glowing piece about him about why Chelsea fans... Actually, I spoke to you about it, didn't I? Yeah. Nice piece about him, and I got slaughtered for it, and now everyone's uh, patting him on the back. What did you so, say? I mean, what camp. was your narrative? <laughs> it was just that he represents something more than a player, and clubs need that, and... Well, I, think, I think that's right. Why did you get slated for that? Oh, because idiots. Mm. Uh, idiots who don't agree with my point of view. People who don't agree with your know, point of view. Everyone should. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's done well so far. He's just got, you know, ten more games, and... We'll be very happy with him, won't we, really? Yeah, yeah he you... made a bit of a... I know you spoke about it already last week, but the one mistake I've seen him make all season was against United when he let Rashford in yeah. and he completely exposed Cahill, which I'm sure we'll speak about later as well. So we played Stoke on uh, Saturday. Yeah. I'm the only one who went because you're a couple of plastics. No, I would have go- gone with you, mate. <laughs> I, I, I had a spare ticket. I would have gone with you if I'd have known. I was thinking about phoning up the bloke from Bet365. Did you, do you know him? Peter Coates? Um, I've worked for him. Ah, well, you've done voiceovers? I've done a bit of work for him, yeah. So oh, okay. Thought, oh. You should have come, it was great. Yeah. I went with uh, True Blue Terry and her friend Gary um, in the end, um, and we had a lovely time. One uh, R or two? Terry? Gary. Oh, Gary. Uh, one, pro, spells it properly. <sighs> doesn't, spell so, it in, um... doesn't spell it in a literal way. <laughs> <laughs> Did your mum and dad go to school? My dad was called Gary, he had two R's as well. Yeah, two R's as well. <laughs> the pottery. It's not right, Gary. <laughs> the potteries, is it? In the potteries, up in Stoke. I went to a cinema beforehand, I went to see Kong, oh, Skull Island. 
I spent the. Uh, I'm I, glad I didn't what, go with him then. What God, I did is, it, well, how many things do you have to go and see? How did see you have time? It was a three o'clock. What did you do in the evening? Go to the theatre. Well, what I did is I went up the night before because I didn't fancy a three-hour drive there and a three-hour drive back. Right. So I didn't fancy a six-hour round trip. So I stayed in a glamorous Holiday Inn Express on an industrial estate about two hundred yards from the ground. So then you park your car. Park my car dead outside the ground, which was great. And then I got a taxi from my hotel in the morning to the Cine World in Stoke. I went to see Kong Skull Island, got back to the ground at half past two, into the ground, watched the game, got my car, drove home. Not bad, eh? Planning, mate. It's all about the Middle planning. Middle-class football fan, that is. No, I would have come, if, if I'd have known. Oh, I wish I'd known, we would have had a great a, time. A boys weekend, I'd have come with you. <laughs> we'll, go to a, we'll go to an away game before the season's out. Yeah, that'll be good. Did you go, Gary? No, I didn't. What were you doing? I'd been watching my brother's band. I, I actually, were you been rock and roll? Yeah, I was, and um, I was saying to you, I'm still recovering from it. So I watched them on Friday, and then I watched them on uh, Saturday night, because they played in um, Kilburn, the good ship, is it? Something like that. And, um, yeah, got a bit worse of wear. But then I, I made them dedicate their set on Saturday night to Gary Cahill. Did you? Yeah, because I was, cause I was bouncing off the walls. Like, yes, because he scored that win. So where did you watch the game then? Did you watch it on the Well, no, thing? what I did is I listened to it on Five Live, and then um, they have uh, Football First on... Sky Sports. Oh, so you watched, watched the whole game. I watched it back the whole game on Sunday. Right. He dedicated. said he couldn't. It was harder to miss that chance, didn't he, Gary Cahill? But he tried to miss it, didn't he? Oh, he roofed <laughs> it. He definitely, <laughs> he definitely roofed it. But I, I just thought um, maybe I don't know if it's premature, but just talking about him that. So when he, when he I'd been listening to the game on the radio and when he um, when he scored, I I tweeted out you know because um, I really like Cahill anyway, and um, I really like Cahill. Sorry, your we tattoo should... on your arm just threw me. I didn't realise you had ink. <laughs> but but uh, yeah, I, I tweeted out, you know, like out of all the players that shows, you know, I, I don't really like using it because it's such a used cliche, but, you know, um, form is temporary, class is permanent. And I think someone like him embodies that well because in September when Chelsea was struggling or you know, over those two games at least against Liverpool and Arsenal, he got, he got so much abuse. And last season he was seen as this full guy. And now you've seen him come back and Chelsea have lost one game in the last... Um, was it 20 Premier League matches? Mm. And he's been the captain for all of them. And he's scoring big goals that are winning games. Sixth and, goal of the season. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, just looking at Stoke particularly as well, that when we played him on New Year's Eve, who got the breakthrough? Cahill did, but that header from the corner. And then, you know, 87th minute, he's given away a penalty in the first half that, in my view, wasn't a penalty. But regardless, he gives the penalty away. Yet it shows the character to turn up and be in the right place at the right time. Bad defending leads to it, but he puts himself in that position. Oh, he scored it, didn't he? And well, should we should we set the scene rather than kind of jump ahead and, and do that? Because I think that's that's all it's all good stuff. And uh, we'll ignore we'll ignore we'll ignore that, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Philip's disgracing himself. Um, set the scene with the team. So Courtois in goal, back three of Aspilicueta, Luis, and Cahill. Uh, the two full-backs, Moses, who uh, was a doubt but was fit in the end, and Alonso. Uh, Matic back into the side alongside Kante uh, and Hazard out with a with an injury. Um, so in came William uh, with Costa and Pedro up front. Um, and yeah, I was, uh, you know, I don't think it was the easiest game. I think they obviously set out to kick us off the pitch. Um, which they did early doors. Costa got, you know, got a lot of attention early doors. The referee was very lenient for them, I thought. Um, and it looked as if it would be a really difficult, attritional game, exactly what you'd expect off a of Stoke. It was. And just talking about um, Anthony Taylor, who's the referee, I thought there was a, a marked difference between how he and Michael Oliver dealt with players targeting players, where you saw the week before against United, you know, he warns players about, you know, kicking Hazard and then. 
Herrera goes ahead and maybe a soft yellow card, but given everything that built up, it's a, it's a, you know rightly got sent off for it. Um, and then Costa, it just took an age for any player to get booked. Like even when um, who was it now threw him into the um, the advertising board, could have caused him some damage. Yeah, and they just let it happen. And then it was later on in the game that he uh, that player got booked. Um, who was it now? He's the left back, weren't it? Got booked uh, or sent off. No, got booked later on for fouling Pedro when Chelsea were on the break and he fouled Pedro. Oh, uh, Peters. Yeah, Peters, yeah. And in the first half, he had thrown Costa into the advertising board and it should have been a booking. Yeah. And then obviously Phil Barsley eventually um, gets sent off later on. But they were just kicking lumps out of Costa the whole game. Barsley always has a blinder against us. Remember he when does. he scored the own goals? And, yeah. Yeah, he's... Uh, I, I just thought it was really bad refereeing. That yeah, it was. Regardless I mean, whether it's Diego Costa, Eden Hazard or any other player, a player being targeted like that, it's a he, clear tactic. He was, he, dealt with. He, was, he was fouled six times, which is four more than anybody else in the entire game. And it's interesting because he uh, received a yellow card after 17 minutes, Costa. Um, for dissent. And, for dissent, yeah. And that's the first yellow card that, uh, that he's had. Uh, well, that and the Manchester United yellow card. So he's had two yellow cards in the last two games, which were the first cards he's had since the 17th of December. So he's obviously being targeted he's and being robbed. a bit, though. A little to bit. Be, to be honest, he's, he's chucking himself regressed. about, isn't he? Yeah. he should, the first one, he should go down with a foul on the first one. You know what I mean? When he gets chopped, he should go down. The first mm. one, it always looks to me like he's trying to buy one early on. Yeah. And the refs, you know what they're like. They can't help it. They go, yeah. oh, he's trying to con me. So... It gets kicked. They go. Oh, I don't care. The, the oh, only thing care. is with the referees is they're meant to be they're meant to referee football matches without prejudice, and they well, don't. No, but um, that's. I mean, it's very, very. I would think it very was, difficult not uh, to referee a match without prejudice. I yeah, th- it's just, but they, they carry that impression of Costa into the game. Now, obviously, the way Costa behaves in the game is going to affect the way they officiate it. But coming into the game. They should be going in with a clean slate on all the players and not judging Costa. And you know, there was moments where Shawcross, where um, Costa's gone down on the ball under a challenge from Shawcross, and Shawcross shuffles over him, trying to intimidate him because Costa's on the floor and he stood over him. And then you know, Costa's having to get up and like move players out of the way, and it's like, mm. how did they allow that to go on? It and was a poor performance by Anthony Taylor. I have to say, I don't like caning off rest because it's a really difficult job. I, I, I just and, you know, most of the time, I think they do players. okay. I think actually they do better than a lot of people give them credit for. But I thought that was a particularly Whether poor he performance. Fought right. I, I don't care. I'm going to leave Shawcross, Peters and Costa to it this afternoon. They can kick shit out of each other and that's that. That's and it fair enough. to me because at the end there was a bit where right at, <clears throat> right at the death, Costa hit the post and then we got a corner and Shawcross said something to him, put, nutted him, Costa nutted him back and neither of them even felt it. Mm. <laughs> see, see that, that's fair enough if the referee's like look I'm just going to let you two go at it but it seemed to be that it was the whole team because there was there was moments when um, Jeff Cameron started getting involved and you know th- there was no need for him to get involved at all and um, Martin Zindi started trying to do it and it seemed to be a deliberate ploy from Mark Hughes uh, well somebody said on Twitter didn't they it, was there a you know when they go into the dressing room at half time is there a board up in the wall with a roster of who's going to foul Costa because they all had a go at some point yeah you know? that's what I'm saying so I think it's fair if it's just two people nah, having a it was a bad ref. It looked to me like he, he, he was he, he was letting them kick the shit. Yeah, see, us. I think if it's one on one, it's like okay, look, let you two go out because that's what we love about football anyway. But when it's a whole team or the majority of a team, like we saw on Saturday, I, you know, I know I'm stand like Victor Meldrew here, but yes, I just Victor. think that you know, I just thought maybe you know, you look at the way that uh, Michael Oliver dealt with the Hazard situation, and then once Herrera got sent off, you saw it stop. Yeah. But the good thing about Chelsea now is they take it on the chin all that. Yeah. They don't they, go mental. No. Yeah. They don't go mental, but they're tough enough to take that on 
and win the game. If it had been Arsenal, they'd have gone to bits, wouldn't they? I yeah. said I said after the game that you can keep your ticket tack of football, you can keep your fancy <clears> passing. <throat> I love performances like that where you get a team that have come out and said, well, what can we do that they can't? We're big, we're strong, we can kick him off the pitch. And when a team like Chelsea goes on there and gives 100%, leaves it all on the pitch, battles and comes out victorious, for me, that's my ideal game. That's why I go and watch football. I love games like that. A lot of people just want to go and see pretty football and knocking the ball I about. I saw Louise got stuck in a few yeah, times. She came right up, people, because he knew that was... Yeah. A couple he of times he put it in Rosette, didn't he? Yeah. Alonso ain't scared of a, a punch-up. Yeah, I liked it when he uh, started squaring up to um, the striker. God, I'm not doing well on names here, am I? Um, Jeff. Jeff, yeah. yeah. When uh, it was later on in the game, when he was just, you know, he weren't really intimidating him as such, but he was, you know... Well, he was trying he was to calm fa- him down, yeah, wasn't but he? he? But he was facing him, and, <laughs> yeah. you know, which goes back to the point, actually, that I don't know if anyone watched... Um, the Man City game uh, last week against Monaco, but uh, Richard Dunn made a really interesting point in in the uh, the punditry at the end of the game on BT, where he said um, teams like City are losing matches. That if you look at who's left in the, the in the Champions League, at the English teams is Leicester, and why are Leicester still in there is because they're playing this English way of oh, yeah, football. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And it was people laughed at him a little bit, but then I think that you look at this Chelsea team, and I know we've got an Italian manager, and the majority of that team is. You know, made up of overseas players, but they're playing with this English mentality that I think if they adopt that way next season, they're going to upset a lot of teams in the Champions League, and I think they'll go far. I know I'm looking way far ahead in the, in this, but I think the the way Conte's got playing Chelsea, Chelsea got playing football under him is that he's moved away from this fixation. And the reason I'm saying is because you mentioned the the ticky tacker fixation that English teams almost got embarrassed to to be what you know to do what they were doing in in the late noughties as it were, and we were dominating Europe when we had um, you know our Liverpool 2005 and 7 in the Champions League, Arsenal 2006, Chelsea 2008 against United, United, Barca 2009. And if you notice the decline of English teams in the Champions League and in Europe has come about when we've tried to adopt this more you know, continental player play, way of playing football and they're not so good at it. Whereas when we play to our strengths, we're, you know, we, we've got that ability. Yeah. And I think looking at that Chelsea team, exactly what you said, Andy, is that it's the, like, the way we like to see him playing football, but also it's a, it's a style of football that has not only got an element of style to it, but it's got substance. And that's I, what think, Chelsea I think that is Chelsea's natural style of football. If you look when we've been at our absolute peak during the Balak, Makaleli, muscular, SCN, midfield period of Mourinho, during those periods where we've been dominant is when we've been really muscular as a team. And I think actually, even though this team is not the biggest and imposing physically, it has a, a, a winning and a, an obdurate uh, mentality that means it's going to go out there and compete with anybody. And Stoke's tactic didn't work because we just toe-to-toe with Mark, you try to blame us. Yeah, and Mark Hughes. Mark Hughes on. was one of the worst. Uh, you know, diving for free kicks, using his elbows. Basically, he was Costa. So it's a bit rich for him to start turning around and saying and talking about our tactics or about Costa. Frankly, yeah. So, um, so with gonna, that, yeah, with so, that, we're just going to do a little um, commercial break. from the Geek Town Radio podcast a show that gives you the latest TV, film and gaming news all from a UK perspective plus the latest UK premiere dates and a ton of interviews from people such as Suits Lewis Lit Rick Hoffman It's crazy The whole thing's crazy to gaming royalty like Troy Baker and Nolan North Would you really take a bullet from me? Uh, well no that's that's the acting <laughs> From behind the scenes people such as the directors of smash hit US comedy Veep We love Geek Town My kids wear your t-shirts 
to screen legends Hello. such as Mr. George Decay. Star trekking across the universe. For all this and more, come join us on Geek Town Radio, available to download every Tuesday from your usual podcast supplier and from geektown.co.uk. <laughs> And welcome back to the Chelsea Podcast. Andy, you were saying? Well, I was just going to say that, um, you know, we're now 10 points clear uh, on 69. Still 10 points clear. Spurs in second on 59. I wish they got Southampton to got an equaliser. Yeah. Man City, uh, uh, with a draw against Liverpool, dropped another two points. So they're on 57 in third, 12 points behind. Liverpool uh, in fourth on 56. So it's really, I think, just us and Spurs now. Spurs, I think, you know, I can't see them going unbeaten until the end of the season. Have you seen their running, though? Yeah. Oh, I couldn't believe it. I thought, oh, I thought, I'll have a look at Tottenham's running. I bet you they've got some tough games. What, they got Arsenal at White Hart Lane and Man United at home? Mm. But they've also got... Some tri- yeah, but they've also got some things like Swansea away, which I reckon they could slip up against. A couple of those little away games that I think that actually... Agent Clement doing Yeah, his job. I think that Swansea away is a really tough fixture now. I think they've got... They've lost the last two, haven't they? Haven't they got, haven't they got, Burn- yeah. they got Burnley away as their they next game? they got Burnley away next game. Now, Burnley have got an incredible home record, as we found out. So, you know, they're games that they could get draws in, and it'll be the draws that kill them. Yeah. Always the draws. Which is interesting, actually, because you say that, because had United not drawn seven more games than Chelsea this season, they'd be on equal points of them. Exactly. It's the draws that kill you. Always. Every single time. You're going to win the league, you can't afford to have that many draws. So, with that in mind, we now t- we need 21 points from 30 available in the league. So we need too to, many points. I we need can't. to win seven games out of ten. But that's assuming that none of the other teams around us drop, don't drop any points. And they will. So, I think that, I think we're in a good position. I think you saw the reaction of the players after that game on Saturday, the Chelsea players, when you know I was at the game and container players all came up. And it was, it was reminiscent of the Blackburn game under Mourinho, where they, they won that, that game and they threw their shirts into the crowd. Robin scored, didn't they? Robin scored and Robin got injured and was out for ages after that. Yeah. Uh, saved a penalty, I think, in that game. It was a crazy game, and, and that was, the, I think, the game that they all knew that that they really, you know, won the league at that point. Well, I was, yeah, I, I, I got the sense on Saturday that they knew that was a tipping point, and they knew that actually from now on in, the pressure's really on the other teams. Yeah, because I felt they felt well, I was terrified of Stoke. I don't know why, because the same reason I suppose everybody was that they're a big team. And they could, you know, we come unstuck. Set pieces. Set all pieces. Yeah. Oh, they didn't play Peter Crouch. He's always been a pain, in a, a pain in the arse for Chelsea. And they brought him on. He looked uh, dangerous at the end. I know. And they put him on for about a minute and a half, didn't they? Yeah. I'll tell you who looked good, and I don't usually rate, who looked, didn't look out of his depth for once, was... Um, What's his name? Rhodes Brown. No, it's not Rhodes Brown. Rhodes Brown. Loftus-Cheek. <laughs> Loftus-Cheek. Rhodes he, he, looked, he looked confident, didn't he? It was he only 10 like, minutes, he, but he, he looked really right. confident. He, and he, looked he, like um, he, he could play in that, in that... He looked like a good player to bring yeah. on. He looked a good I mean, he player. came on in the 82nd minute, and he looked like a good player to bring on for 10 minutes at the end. He Big did. and strong and fit, and you know, and, and just looked like he was going to drive forward. Looked brilliant, I thought. I think yeah. what's interesting as well is that um, he didn't bring Bratswari on. Um, and he's putting Loftus cheek above him, and I think maybe he might be leaning more towards him to play a different role. Batshuayi, I get the sense he's probably said to Batshuayi, "It's not your season, mate. Not yeah. yet. You know, we've bought you for the future. You know, you're a bit callow. We're gonna maybe consider a loan move for you, or we're gonna, you know, yeah. we're going to work with you. I don't want to make the same mistake that we made with Lukaku though, and let oh, him go he's too early in the, in the youth team. Well, I suppose he could. 
But the problem is, the problem is... The geezers on 120 grand a week don't play for the youth team, I suppose. Well, I mean, John Terry's played played for the youth team this year. You know, uh, various players have played for the youth team this year. I mean, he's not afraid of giving them them games in the the development squad. I think, look, the the, the problem is is that we only have one striker, really. He's got to keep him, yeah. Got to keep him, because if Costa does get injured or he gets readed, you know, you you either play the false nine, uh, but Hazard's injured at the moment as well. So you, well, who are you going to play as a false nine? It's difficult, you know. So he's got to be in and around the squad. Just just going back to quickly to what you're saying about Spurs, I was just looking it up now. So they're on a, a winning streak of three games. So if they want any chance of winning the title, they need to match our record equaling winning streak. And I don't think they've got it in them. And Kane's injured. Yeah, that's what's, I, I, don't, I don't think they've got it in them. I think that, I don't um, either. I, I, I spotted a bottle of Prosecco over there and I was going to suggest that maybe we should open it to toast the title after beating Stoke. So <laughs> I think now that it is on the, the oh. victory mile now, I think. I, I don't want to get too far ahead, but I think you start looking at the other teams and how games are running out. I got told off on Saturday for singing that, you know, we're going to win the league, but we are. No, I'm sorry, yeah. people. We're going to win the league. There's no two ways about it. And it's not it's, about we're us not gonna, anymore. We're not going to lose it. And it's, I'm sorry, it's not, we're not. Yeah, it's, it's not about Chelsea anymore. It's more about those teams. And games are running out. And it's it's what those teams can't do. You know, Spurs haven't strung a, uh, any form together ever. This you know, match thirteen games in a row. So. You're not having it, are you, Phil? I'm not having it now. I, I'm too long in the tooth. <laughs> uh, for, you know, I just couldn't bear it. So it's not going to happen, I'm not mate. Bear it. Listen to your uncle Andy. It's going to be fine. <laughs> going to be fine so uh, we talked about the referee and we talked about the leniency of the referee but then we got a free kick uh, on the edge of the area um, after uh, 13 minutes Will I Ann stepped up yeah. big boys came up from the back Very saw clever. the goalkeeper in the wrong position what a beautiful little touch to hit it in at the near post I know and they blamed the keeper but it really done the keeper didn't yeah, it yeah. he's had to flap it because it was past him but also as well the player who was in the wall I don't know who it was who was in the wall, but he spins and he allows William to get... If he had just stood up tall and, you know, it would have probably been probably Bardsley. No, it wasn't Bardsley. <laughs> it was um, if he was one of their wingers. But he, he turns because he doesn't want to get hit. Yeah. And had he not turned, he would have blocked the ball. But yeah, lovely bit of craft. I mean, is it was was that goal better than David Luiz's quickly taken goal? I mean, which was the better See, one? The execution me, from Luiz. For me... Because um, it was more difficult though. The that's William. the player I would like to be, or who? The, Which one? The Williams, right? Of, to be sneaky like that. Yeah. To, you, you got a bit of a sneakiness. I about like it. that sneakiness. I like it. He looks up there. It's all about William, and I thought he had a great game. And uh, you know, people have been saying William, but I thought he had a really good game. Sixth goal in the Premier League this season. That's his best tally in a single campaign in this competition. Does he score enough goals? Should he score no, more he goals? Doesn't. I think. What I think about him is he ain't having the greatest of seasons, but he still he still is good. He's, he's reliable, class, isn't he? You know, he, he knows he ain't having a great season sometimes. Why he is he not? Why is he, why is he not having a great season? I don't know. I don't think. What, what is it about him? Because he was Player of the Year last year. What is it about him that's dropped off this year? Well, um, I don't know. Really, maybe it's the system slightly. I think he needs to be the number ten. Um, and he ain't the number 10. He has to do other things. And uh, I think he's better off when he plays in the middle and not wide. It was interesting, I thought, in the uh, second half, because if you <laughs> noticed, um, Victor Moses played very deep. 
in the first half. And I think that was to counteract Ramadan, who's a really tricky player coming down the left-hand side. He played Moses very tricky. We didn't have any kind of outlet. Um, and we were getting towards the edge of the 18-yard box and things were breaking down. It came out in the second half. Moses pushed right up and William tucked inside, almost like an inside right. And you're right, it made a lot of difference with him playing inside. He was able to get the ball, get his head up and look around. You know, I've said it many, many, many times on this podcast. If he had a better final product in and around the 18-yard box he would be a world-class player I think he's a brilliant workhorse I think his energy is amazing I think he's brilliant getting out of tight situations he's a really fantastic team player I just think he needs to score more goals if I can remember rightly I think he banged in two in 2012 yeah it's just not clinical enough yeah that's my point do you agree with that yeah I do and I think that's why he isn't getting in the team ahead of Pedro because you look at Pedro's return not only has he got those I think it's 12 goals Pedro's got now but he's also getting the assists and William doesn't do it enough. And it's a numbers game in that area. And when you're not doing it enough, you know, what, what he's about is the graft and playing against Stoke is perfect for him because... He's a great link player as yeah, well. Yeah, that, that, that's what you need though. You need yeah. the players that are going to run those miles, you know, and you know, run those Once he knows he yards. can do someone, once he knows he's got them, he shines. I think he's a kind of slightly introverted player somehow. Yeah. He needs to get it out of himself. You but, know? but you, know, and, but you, you look to, towards next season and... With European football, he's going to be playing a lot more games. Yeah. And I think that with him, all Chelsea need, alongside another striker to complement um, Costa, is just another player that can play in that attacking role. So then you've got Pedro, Hazard, William and one other. Mm. And then Chelsea have suddenly got a really... We should try and buy that fella back from Man City. What, De Bruyne? I'd rather have Sanchez. <laughs> I'd rather have Sanchez. There's no way in hell they're going to sell him to us, though, Gary. Not a chance. Not a chance. Maybe if we offer to take Wilshire off the hands as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get over to Wilshire. Thing. So, um, uh, what else can we talk about? Uh, Aspilicueta made his 150th Premier League appearance for Chelsea, uh, becoming the first Spaniard to reach that particular milestone for Chelsea. Thought he had another excellent game. In fact, I thought... The back three were amazing. I thought particularly Luis and Cahill we've already spoken about. But Azpilicueta in that third centre-back role has been incredible this season, I think. Mate, he is a good player. Interesting as well, actually, that um, normally that he, he keeps the back three and goes to five-man midfield, but in order to win the game... He went 4-4-2, didn't he? 4-3-3. Yeah, 4-3-3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, he went, and uh, Azpi went right back and Alonso left back and David Luiz and Cahill for the middle, which is yeah. something I love about Conte is that he just tries so much, you know, by any means necessary. And it, I know I keep saying him, people say, oh, you shouldn't mention him in the same breath, but that's Jose year one, that is, at Chelsea, when he just did anything and everything to win matches and, you know, principles would go out the window and he just set up systems to, to win football matches. And that's what I really like about Conte. Just a few stats for you, right? Because everybody talks about, oh, Stoke, you know, they were really aggressive. You give me them Stoke well, stats. Well, they were, no, they, everybody says Stoke were really aggressive and really defensively minded right. and they, they set up to kick us off the pitch. But a couple of stats for you. We managed 23 successful tackles to Stoke's 21. Kante won seven tackles more than anybody else on the pitch. David Luiz and Kante made nine ball recoveries more than anybody else on the pitch. Pedro What's made ball recoveries? When they, when they nicked the ball off the opposition. Right. right, and, Or lose it and then win it back, you know. Right. Um, Pedro made eight. Uh, David Luiz made seven interceptions and ten clearances more than anyone on the pitch. And we won more aerial duels than the opposition. So, you know... Well, that goes to show you that exactly. they're trying. 
Well, they're trying and there's and muscle. Win. There's muscle in that team as well. Yeah. There's strength. And I think everybody talks about how beautiful Man City and Arsenal look going forward. And isn't, you know, Pep Guardiola a visionary coach in his attacking I think style? He's a bit of a twit. I do as well. But, you know, everybody talks about this visionary coaching about, you know, you've got to score more goals than the opposition. The reason that we are 10 points clear, the reason that we are bossing the league is because we are defensively solid. And what that allows, that creates a platform for flair players like Costa, uh, like Costa and, and uh, Hazard and Pedro and William to go forward and score goals. But it's about the defence. And I think if you can only defend, if you can only coach attack and can't defence, uh, can't coach defence, you're only half a coach. And that's I think, shows Conte in the best possible light. Well, our best game then, away, the one that will see us really through, we've got West Brom away, haven't we, at some mm. point? Well, they're an amazing season. Right. So we got to get we got to steam into them, haven't we? Yeah. In the nicest possible way. Well, they're safe now. They're mathematically safe. And I, I read somewhere that uh, if you if you look back at West Brom seasons when they're safe, they dramatically tail off. They basically they're on the beach as soon as they're safe. No, it's, it's Pulis seasons. That is. Is that Pulis? Yeah, yeah. He's gone. He goes from a forty percent win rate or something like that to, to about thirteen percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, Pulis <laughs> rather than West Brom. So you know he's safe now. He's earned his bonus. Don't worry about what happens now. So hopefully by the time we play West Brom, they'll have nothing particularly to pay for. But you, you look at this team and as well, that when you talk about you know the aerial clearances and everything else, I think that just shows the contrast in styles between Stoke and Chelsea anyway. But it also shows how undervalued Chelsea are with teams that, you know, or, or pundits or you know journalists want to look at certain aspects of the way Chelsea play and they want to pigeonhole them and they want to say, oh, they're a counter-attack team that only do this. But you watch Chelsea play football and it was interesting. It was uh, Kelvin Barker, um, who's someone sent a tweet saying um, it's a shame Chelsea run away with a title because they don't play great football or something like that and he just tweeted back saying you want to come and watch some of our matches um, because the way Chelsea do play football that you know, there's always some lovely interplay between players. And I don't the way... think anybody counterattacks better of us in the world. But at the it's not even about counterattack. But it when, is. When... But, it, but the counterattacking is beautiful. No, it is. But it, even other stages when they're not counterattacking teams, it, to say they're counterattack teams like. Um, this is something Rick and I have discussed where we we on this like, got this consensus that to say to a counter attack team is almost a you know um, damning them with faint praise almost you know it's like you know, just to say that's what they've got because it isn't because no, you no. see the way that I'm Kante not saying that's Matic all they've got play. but when they do it it's beautiful but and this is the thing with Chelsea is that they're so adaptable that mm. they play they can play these neat you know this neat link up play in the middle and, and all the rest of it but then they can hit teams and that's why teams struggle to play against them because they might suss them out on one area of it but then they can play through them as well and that's the strength of that team that they can adapt whereas well, having people like Moses in your t- team who all of a sudden can be something else can't yeah. he yeah I think that the difference was Mourinho de- almost deliberately takes players and puts them in wrong positions. I mean, he's been doing it this season with Ander Herrera or Dali Blind or any of these players. You know, he's putting them in the wrong positions. Rojo, you know, he's now playing them at centre-back. He's right. You know, that's what Mourinho does. I mean, I think Conte does it subtly with some players. He's turned Azpilicueta from a right-back or a left-back full-back into a centre-back and he's, he's turned Moses from an attacking winger into a full-back. But that's about it, really. Everybody else is pretty much playing to their strengths, aren't they? Um, and I wanted to make a point as well, I'd said how good we were defensively, but going forward and, and in possession, we had 64% possession. We made 439 passes to their 194. I mean, not only did we defend really well, but we passed them off the pitch. Yeah. Uh, well, we had, the we had 20 shots. Yeah, which is the point. They're not just a counter-attacking team. No. They, they play football, but exactly. they do it with they do it so direct and with such you know desire and impetus on you know getting up the other end and scoring that 
it gets overlooked. Whereas City want, might want to make 50 passes before they score. And, and ask I wish we'd shoot more. Oh, that's my only thing is I think that, you know, that I've noticed in the last maybe 10 games that we are, I've tried to walk it in a little bit. I they mean, say it, that, they had 20 shots in a 90 Yeah, but they game. could have had 30 or 40. We need a couple game. more goals, but uh, I mean, that's, that's splitting hairs really. 20 shots, it? but only seven on target. It's splitting hairs that we, we need to score a little bit more. I just, I just like to see a little, be a little bit more direct in, in and around the eighteen yard box. It could have been four one because Costa yeah. beat the keeper. Alonso. Alonso's lovely yeah. free kick that was. You know, Kel- okay, here was the first Chelsea player to score a goal and concede a penalty in the same Premier League game since Salomon Kalou did so against West Ham in two thousand nine. <laughs> did he get Ooh, back was in that our game? area? Did he? <laughs> <laughs> oh, jelly baby boots! Did he get did he handball it? Handball it? I seem to remember against West Ham. He's he just signed a new contract at um, Hertha Berlin. Has he? Yeah. Bless him. Is that where he is now? I used yeah. to watch him at... Big fan, weren't you, Salam Kalu? Nice guy. Really nice guy. Oh, God, I'm not yeah. having a go at... Uh, 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 Just he was all right, life. but, you know... <laughs> you drive, do... drive you mad, didn't he, man? I've, I've, always, I've always loved him, though, for that, um, was that cup game where Spurs... I think, when was it? It was 2007 when Spurs were beating us 3-1, I think it was, and then Lampard scored this is at the bridge and Kalu got the like 87-minute equaliser or something like that. He was always a good player for that, wasn't he? If he started matches, he was rubbish. But yeah. coming off the yeah, coming off the bench yeah, and doing his John Cena celebration, <laughs> he spider, he spider in his air in the Champions League final. <laughs> so, a bit about the youth. Yeah, I think we and, and the ladies and the ladies. So, so the weekend, no, development squad, which is the under twenty three, haven't had a game since the thirteenth of March, and they don't play till the seventh of April. But the under eighteens won the second leg of their FA Youth Cup semi final against Tottenham seven one on Saturday, which gave them a nine two aggregate victory, a sixth consecutive final appearance, and a chance to win the competition for the fourth They're year play in a Man row. City in the final, yeah, which has been in the last three years, is it yeah. or two? Because they're six nil up in their first leg. Yeah, so it looks like Leicester, isn't it? Is it Leicester? Yeah, and the ladies they played their first competitive match of the season on Sunday and recorded a resounding seven nil win over Doncaster I'd like Rovers. I want to say something about that because my my um, my lovely daughter's boyfriend uh, James is a Doncaster Rovers fan. Is he? And they're doing rather well at the moment. And. Uh, he was going to drag my daughter to Doncaster Bells v Chelsea ladies and they didn't go in the end, so he's lucky. He was lucky. 7-0, 7-0 win for the ladies over Doncaster Rovers Bells in the women's FA Cup fifth round. They play Sunderland ladies in the sixth round at home next Sunday. You can go along to that. Um, at, I think it's Aldershot FC's ground they play. Look it up on the Chelsea website. That's, uh, yeah. So there's an international break this weekend. Boo! I hate the international breaks. I'll tell good you who looks good. I've been watching the youths. The left back for the under 18s. Right. What's oh, his name? Um, he stings he forward. He scored, he scored on Saturday as well. He, he should be in the first team. He's only, he's only Better than Alonso. Coming in, he's only started coming in this year because of Jada Silva. He is, he is quick and mm. he likes to get forward. The, the one you want to look out for is um, Mason Mount, if they put a bit of meat on him. Yeah, that's net. the problem though, isn't it? These kind of skinny, skillful yeah, he's players. he's an absolutely incredible player, but um, just needs a bit of meat on him because he'll, he'll play Premier League football, even Championship, and he'll just get kicked get off the Get him down a fish and chip shop. <laughs> get him kebabs. Don't want another Josh McEachran. That's, yeah. That, that, that skinny urchin. Yeah, he looks good. He played on Saturday, he had a good he game as well. A, he looks a good yeah. little player. Yeah. I mean, Josh, great player, but the problem is they, they don't physically develop enough and the premierships are physical. But you can't help it. If you're one of them people that's born and don't get bigger... <clears throat> See, the problem they'll have hard, is... It's hard, isn't it? I don't know, is it? <laughs> <laughs> but but playing, playing the system Chelsea play as well now, that players like Mason Mount, he'll become Fabregas in the sense of 
not not trying to suggest he's going to be as good as Fabregas, but he'll be in that mould of what they, do, what, what they do with him though, because they need that against Stoke. They need Matic and Kante in there because if they don't, they're going to get run over and, and all the rest of it. But then how is he going to play enough games in mm. order to, to get the time? So that players like him are caught in, in the middle where they need to go away. And you know, next year he'll probably go on loan to Vitesse or yeah. into the Championship. Who did I then, watch the other night on the telly? For so Bristol. Tammy Abraham. Oh, yeah, he can he be looks a good, 4-0. He looks a good player. He can score a few mm-hmm. goals. Yeah. He's got 20-odd yeah. goals this season. Yeah, I think he looks a good player. Yeah, well, I think I think he's definitely got a future. Whether it's with us or with another top team, he's a proper player. Yeah, I wouldn't want to give him away. I think with, I think with Solanke going in the summer that it sort of paves the way for, for Tammy as well. And I think there's a a real um, desire at a club to, to give him an opportunity. Proved it. He's, he's definitely proved it. So, international break this weekend, uh, which I don't care about. Do you care about it? I wished I cared about it more. Yeah, me too. You, it, care, it, you care about it, don't you? Because you're journalists. All journalists care about the international. Break. No, actually, I actually enjoy them because I get a weekend off. Um, but I think it's good, a good thing for Chelsea for the fact that Hazard's got that calf injury, yeah. so it gives him time to rest it and, and get treatment. Funny how they all get injuries just when the international work. Yeah. Well, a few England players have already <laughs> dropped out, haven't they? But um, I think obviously Hazard missing Saturday shows that he is genuine and. Yeah. Yeah, Roberto Martinez talking about that today and Torgan's been called up as a, a replacement for him in the Belgian I'm side I'm glad that Hazard didn't play on Saturday because he would have been absolutely marmalised by those Stoke players yeah but I think now yeah, they were saying that it was going to be a 10-15 day injury that's Martinez think, said that didn't he yeah but if you if you take out the Stoke days that he's had off yeah and you know so you, you're looking at him potentially being back for Palace he's looked a bit I think lately he's been looking like he's carrying but maybe an injury yeah but that is the but, thing with him he's one of those players that if he's got a slight niggle he's not great and you were talking about it last week and the week before I was mentioning it just about that rear end of his and um, oh, don't yeah. start all that again <laughs> God, when Phil started talking about that I was like oh, you know Phil were like kindred spirits you know have a look at that <laughs> exactly that buttocks yeah exactly yeah, it's just it's glorious but when when he gets it's like the pro- Mary when gets, Rose when, when he gets a problem like that you know that peach is just when it gets when that peach gets bruised <laughs> and the peach gets <laughs> when, when, bruised when the peach gets bruised that, that takes it away from Hazard but once you know they, they I'll have some, to examine it they, they put some oil move in on it. Gary move <laughs> on they, they, they put some oil in the peach and get it back nice and ripe that's when he's back and, yeah. and flowing so hopefully that'll be the case against Palace okay um, so Crystal Palace is our next game that's on Saturday the 1st of April nice Saturday 3 o'clock proper football kick like off it, like, like it like that you going to that yes going to all the games now aren't you I'm going to all the games I love it yeah because you're, un- oh, you're an unemployed I doubt whether I am going Tottenham Chelsea why I don't like Wembley don't you not really mm. Spurs don't like Wembley either I know, but, but, but uh, you're an unemployed actor now. You've got nothing else to do. Yeah, unemployed. I can be employed next week. Employed <laughs> tomorrow. I can be employed that Saturday. There's always, there's always, there's always a need for a bloke with a sandwich board there's dressed up always, as a Superman for Domino's I want, Pizza or a cheese. Yeah, I could run round as a cheese or something. Crystal, Crystal <laughs> Palace at home. Yeah. Uh, Saturday, first of April, three pm, yeah. which you'll be going to. What well, do you, what do you think? How well, do you feel about? He's going to block. He, he's going to go for a. Get a point. Three wins in a if, row. If he can, and he? Um, Big Sam. Big Sam's low block. I wonder if he'll be coming out at the end saying he out-tacticked. Four, 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 one. Four, one? That's quite ambitious for you. Four, one. Well, I got, oh, <clears throat> I got it right last week. Did you? Okay. Two nil to Chelsea. Yeah. Although they gave us a good game on the pods last season when... It was all starting to go to pot. 
I think it'll be a tense game because I think he will do a low block. He'll defend very deep, but I think we'll get one. And if we get one, we'll get three. So I'm going to go 3-0. Well, that's like 4-1, but same. Well, it's not because it's 3-0. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, uh, follow, we won't talk about it in any great detail, but we've got a, a game very soon afterwards. We've got the Man City game on the Wednesday following that. Um, I'll be going. Yeah. All right? No, I'm just saying. There's a couple of games coming in. What away session. game are you taking me to, Andy? I don't know. You fancy United away? Yeah. Yeah, should we do that? Yeah, we could stay up there or something, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, just do that. Get a holiday in together. <laughs> Get a travel lodge. <laughs> travel lodge together. <laughs> do you want to come, Gary? No, because you go posh, don't you? Um, yeah, but I'm busy that weekend. So I'm oh, I'm busy that weekend. Yeah, I've got I've got an interview lined up, so um, I can't... What, for another job? No, just for another project I'm working on, so um, I can't... Um... You can't say, can't divulge. Oh, no, well, it's, it's that... That documentary I'm doing with Kerry, so we've got some stuff lined up. Go on, plug that, sorting. plug that again, go on. Yes, well, we've re- re- rebranded it since I last spoke, because right. it was the Chelsea Chronicle, but now it's the Blueprint, um, just because we didn't want it to tie in with... It's much better. Yeah, it is, it is. I've got to give Kerry credit for oh, that one. I don't give Kerry credit. Um, and yeah, so we've, we've been busy getting people lined up for all sorts of interviews. In the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe, the other title, isn't it? Well, Narnia Chronicles. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, good. So when's that going to come out then? We're not sure yet, um, but we're yeah, it's coming along good, and we've um, we've well, well some... Gary. Have well, you interviewed um, Glenn Oddle? <laughs> <laughs> Kerry's got some good pictures of that interview. Have you, has he shown you? And where they were just um, it was the chair and the mic that he was meant to, he was meant to be sat in this chair. Didn't turn up, did he? Didn't turn up. No. no. But we did Steve Clark the next day. That was really good. He like, turned up, didn't he? Yeah, it was like three hours. It was incredible. So Brilliant. we've got some really good so stuff. So Glenda, no. Um, have a word but with we have got, um, yeah. We have got. Like people like Matter lined up and a few others. Actually, just a quick question: Matter, Chelsea legend or not? Legend, no. Um, very well thought of, popular, yes. Would have been if he'd have stayed. Great yeah, player. I I've met uh, Juan Matter at backstage at a Who gig. What a lovely, mm. what a yeah. lovely man. See, I, don't, I don't think anybody's got a bad word to say about him. But legend, I, I, I tweeted no. out some stuff about him earlier, saying he was a legend. See, in my book, he is. Why is he a legend? He wouldn't get in the. He wouldn't get in the in the top team. He wouldn't. I think he'd get in our team now. Might get an outie, but he wouldn't get... He, he, legend suggests he's one of the greatest. Ed DeHoy is the best goalie we've ever had. Do you know that? He saved us so many times. See, these goalies now, they've got good defences. When Ed DeHoy played, the saves he made... I always think of Ed DeHoy and Carnu rounding him on the corner flag and bending it in to win 3-2 for Arsenal. Yeah, well, that's a but, bad memory. No, I think he is a legend. I think because... No, you know, you're wrong. Two seasons... Ed DeHoy's a legend. Incredible impact at Chelsea... Gets player of the year twice in a bad team. It, yeah, and does, no, but it doesn't matter. It does matter. No, but it does matter. Can right. we stop this here and we'll take this to the argument pub. to the pub? Yeah, all right. <laughs> Thank you very much for the Chelsea podcast, lads. We're leaving. It's it's a massive pleasure. Always a pleasure, Phil. It's a pleasure. See ya. See ya. Give software vendor audits the red card by signing up the Livingstone Managed Service Team right away. Call 0203-817-4880 or visit livingstone-tech.com to find out how. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at chelseapodcast.net. Sports Social Podcast Network.